Welcome to A Walk In My Stilettos, where our goal is to help you walk in your greatness. I'm your host, Makini Smith. Today's guest um, is a body transformational specialist living a healthy healthy lifestyle um, and living life with purpose. I have had the absolute pleasure of knowing her since I was in the seventh grade and um, you know life I feel brings us these divine connections and I believe that she is one of the divine connections in my life and it just so happens that her name happens to be Angel so please welcome Angel Dean to the show. (laughs) Thank you very much. What a tear jerking (laughs) intro. I was like aww. You know we always We've, we've had the pleasure of introducing ourselves many times, but every time is just always refreshing. These transparent. It's always refreshing to hear what your friends say about you at just at, off the top of their, their head. So I love you too. <laughs> I love you dearly. Um, <laughs> so, um, like I said, your name is Angel. And I believe that, you know, we have all these titles that we go by in life. And I feel that our name is extremely important because that is a title that we are called many times in a day. So the Mm. meaning of our name um, holds weight. So I just wanted to know if you knew the history or the background of what Angel means. Oh, absolutely. So Angel uh, is just what we know it as a messenger, a messenger of God, um, divine uh, presence, uh, a carrier of spiritual things um, that you may not know, and just somebody that's sent to, to speak, to share, and to help. So, yeah. I love it. I mean, <laughs> uh, well, that, that definitely explains you. So um, that just goes to show, you know, the, the, the meaning of our names and the effect that it has on, on who we become and who we are. And speaking Absolutely. of, uh, speaking of who we've become, I mean, like I said, I've, I've watched you evolve since the seventh grade. So you being a transformational specialist, like, pff, duh, <laughs> um, I've watched your fitness journey and I've watched you transform not only your body, but other people. So I want to ask you to start by explaining to us, how did your fitness transformation begin? Man, so as you said, we have how much time we have here. Okay, so as, <laughs> as you said, uh, my journey is all about transformation. And um, I did not begin by uh, saying, hey, when I grow up, I want to be a fitness instructor or even be in the gym. Um, my thing was I wanted to be a singer. I wanted to be something famous. I've always saw myself on the stage because I've always kind of just stood out and I've always been different than everybody else. And it was something that uh, has been hard to deal with because you don't fit into, uh, I guess, the equation of what everybody thinks that you should be. Everybody's going east and I'm always going west. And I know you can attest to that knowing Mm -hmm. me since the seventh grade. I just think differently and I don't, I never knew why. Mm -hmm. Um, So I guess I fell into this role as transformation being 
what my purpose is, is because God has brought me through many transformational periods in my life. And it was not, and it was hard. It was, it was uh, filled with adversity, my life. Mm-hmm. And it was filled with um, impactful moments as well. And it took for me to start to build my spirit to understand what was going on in my life. So uh, typical teenager getting into trouble, um, trying to figure out yourself, trying to figure out boys, trying to figure out friends. But for some reason, I always felt like my lessons were just a little bit too tough and too hard. Like, I don't understand why I, everybody else can kind of get a slap on the wrist, but I get like a brick in the face. Oh and, gosh, uh, what a description. <laughs> a brick in the yeah, face. Yeah, like I get a brick in the face. That's how I can really, to really give you a illustration. Like mm-hmm. it was never a slap in the wrist. It was always something dramatic and harsh. Mm-hmm. So I, and at, what, at some points you kind of get used to that. Like you get used to the fact that it's you're going to do a thing or you're going to get involved with somebody or you're going to try this and it might not work out and the impact is going to be huge, but hey, let's do it anyway. So I became a rebel that way. Mm-hmm. Um, so I guess when I hit rock bottom was after uh, my fourth kid and I've always been thin um, and I've always kind of just been able to always look my best. That was one of the, I guess, assets, somebody would say. Mm-hmm. For me, I, I, I didn't really look at it as an asset. I, it was kind of like a, it was my, it, it was a bad thing for me because nobody ever really wanted to know who I was. It was always, oh, she's a pretty one. You have no problems kind of a mm-hmm. thing, right? Mm-hmm. So finally, after my fourth child, I'm now a hundred pounds overweight, don't know what to do with myself. I have a great job. And all of a sudden the character that's needed to sustain me at that role, I did not have. And things started to crumble, started to crumble in my marriage, started to crumble in my health and started to crumble in my career. I lost a really great job and I started to um, find, go through signs of divorce. I had children that I wasn't connected to and I hated myself. I had suicidal thoughts. I was just basically a walking corpse. Mm. And uh, I'm not too sure exactly what took place, but I want to say that the love of God, because it could only be God, Mm -hmm. that kind of picked me up because at, at that point I was done. And I was getting up in a routine of just, you know, smoke, drink, live, some kind of, I needed some kind of substance to keep me going. I was, if I was ever not high or or drunk, I wanted to kill myself. Wow. Um, Yeah, I wanted to die. I had people around me that would come and, you know, laugh and joke with me. Because I had my home and I, I opened my home to people coming and drinking and smoking. So it was fun for everybody. Mm-hmm. And everybody didn't realize that I needed to do that in order to stay alive. Wow. And uh, finally, I started to uh, go to church. Church isn't something that 
it was a foundation for me in the beginning and through life parents go to church they stop they go they stop you know kind of a thing but the the seed was planted in my life and at some point I was like you know what I think I'm gonna I can't do this anymore. Like mm-hmm. I, I gotta, I need something else because I'm going to lose it. I'm going to lose it. Right. Um, and I went to church and that's basically the beginning, the love of God is just going somewhere and feeling the calm and feeling that, oh my gosh, there's actually something other than darkness. Mm-hmm. There's, a, there's light. And I wanted it. I, it. It started to become my new substance. And I started going and, you know, double life because I'm used to being a certain way at home, but I, I want to try this new way of living. So I go to church. I feel great. I come out and I smoke and I drink and be like, wow, that service is great. <laughs> <laughs> and then finally, finally I would then finally some I, I got a, a connected to somebody and we started hey let's go to the gym I'm like the gym like okay honestly I did not even do the gym mm-hmm. but I went and it felt weird it was it smelled weird it was tiring I didn't know how to use the machines it was just like ugh, you know but I'm seeing people and they're in the routine and I started to covet other people's routine like women they go in there they knew what they were doing they looked great and I started to covet that Mm. after going a couple of times like I want that like how could you like it here and you look so good you look so calm and I I think I, I want that so I started to you know ask around and finally I got connected to a lady who I was on this machine and she was like, hey, do you want to you wanna learn how to use that properly? And I was like, and she was really like a very muscular lady. She looks really great. And I was like, wow, you're talking to me, like, you know? <laughs> and I was, like, I was like, yeah, sure. And she showed me. And ever since that day that I met Lynn, um, this is who I've become. She took me under her wing. She showed me how to lose weight. She showed me how to work out. She showed me how to eat right. And brought me into my first bikini competition where I transformed my whole body. Wow. And God that, sent you an angel. God sent me an angel. <laughs> yeah. And it has been my life ever since. And, and, and then from there, I was like, okay, I'm unemployed. And I'm, what do I do now, God? Now that there was light in my life. I was like, okay, so what do I do with all of this newfound light? Cause I'm liking this. Mm-hmm. And I started to share my journey on social media at that point. And then I, other people started, you know, I started getting the feedback and finally I was seen for something other than the pretty girl. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's the first time I'm saying that out loud. And I, <laughs> yeah, I was seen for something else other than, Oh, nice. But nice eyes, you know, this this is vain stuff. Like I was seen for a while. You really inspired me by going to the gym in the morning. And you were really being seen beyond the surface. Eyes. Yeah, I was being seen for my heart. And it was amazing. Mm. It had me in tears many days, many nights. Just, just the love of God and just walking in a purposeful way other than just walking just for the sake of it it became clear to me that I had something 
by going through what I've gone through and changing from what man would say is a write-off into such a a great purpose of helping people to be healthy so -hmm. that they can walk in whatever purpose it is that they're called to be. Uh, Yeah, it's, it's amazing. And that's truly how I got to this point. So, I mean, I've, I've watched you transform. Um, Mm -hmm. So I know that you've released a lot of weight and I don't want to say lost a lot of weight because our body and our mind subconsciously is programmed to find whatever we lose. Um, So Mm -hmm. I'm saying released. Um, How how much weight have you um, been able to release? Uh, Weight uh, over 80 pounds. That's amazing. Over, over 80 yeah. That's amazing. So what has that mm-hmm. journey been like? Because I'm, I'm sure, you know, there are some people who have a hard time releasing 10 pounds, but you released like a whole person. Uh, it has been, it, at first, it was very, uh, you have this drive, but it's a mental state. So it has nothing to do with the physical. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of people, I always try to get that ingrained in people's minds is that losing weight, living healthy is not about what your body feels like. It's a mental thing. Um, I was saying this to somebody the other day, and my saying now is an untrained mind is an unwanted life. Mm. That's my quote. An untrained mind is an unwanted life because you can accomplish anything, but you have to get past your mind. Right. Your body is like, your body is totally does not want to work out and it wants to eat whatever it wants to eat. So I had to get mentally um, in the game. And once I was mentally in the game, I was able to uh, fulfill the goal that I had. With that being said, a mental um, pro- mentally programming yourself is a daily thing, especially in weight loss, because it's not to say I'm going to program it today and it's going to stay like that. It's something that you have to continually do. Yes. And I think a lot of people, they, they lose at that point because it's like, oh, I was, I wanted to do it yesterday and then today I don't. So then they give up, but it's, it's a continual thing. It's even it's to the repetition. Right now, yep. It's repetition. It's, yeah. Yes. I, yeah. I, I, so as a mindset coach, this is something I deal with pe- people on a daily basis, is getting them to understand everything starts in the mind. Um, but in order to change your habits, because we're definitely programmed to get the results that we're currently getting. So if you want to get right. different results in order to reprogram your mind, it requires repetition. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It does. And again and again, just like, but just like, the, your body, I realized that how much weight you can handle in the gym is how much weight you can handle like on your, in your daily life. Mm-hmm. There's, such a, uh, there, there's such a connection between that. So you have to be able to be repetitive, just like you, you don't just do one um, bicep curl. You've got to do three sets of, of 20 and you've got to do it a lot of times a week. You know what I mean? So right. Same thing in your life, anything that you want to do, as you're saying, it takes you telling yourself that you're beautiful a lot. It takes you telling yourself that you deserve this amount of in your income a lot. It takes repetition. Yes, definitely. Definitely. To create that new habit. You know, Mm -hmm. they they say Mm -hmm. it takes, I don't know, 21 days to form a habit. And when I'm working with people, when we're trying to create 
you know, new programming in their mind, I get them to repeat things for the 21 days until it becomes a habit. And if it's not a habit within those 21 days, then you need to continue doing it until it becomes automatic. Because once That's it's... That's what I was going to say, because some things are like, take more than 21 days. <laughs> exactly. So, so <laughs> yeah. Some of us learn at a different pace. I get that. I yeah. get that. So they have to repeat it until it becomes a natural habit for them. Because mm-hmm. once it's a, yeah. once it's it's a habit and it's programmed in how you function, it becomes automatic. So then you can take on a new task to focus on to change. Absolutely, because it's an so, un, like it's ongoing, and you want to keep going. And the more that you don't put into trying to master that one change, the longer you stay on a test. And how frustrating is it to be on the same test or the same grade for a long time, right? So exactly putting exactly. in that it's putting in that work. Yeah. So speaking of putting in that work, so um, you mentioned earlier about you doing the bikini uh, fitness competition. And I know yes. that you're currently training for another competition, correct? Yes. Okay. I so, am... <laughs> so what is that process like? Take us through. Oh, man. I mean, training for a competition. Training for a competition is a whole nother ballgame. There's one thing to say, I want to lose uh, such and such in pounds and eat right and exercise. And that's truly a you versus you um, scenario. And it's, it can be a little less uh, uh, intimidating. When you're going for a bikini competition, I was speaking to my husband about this. And I was saying to him, like, I'm totally, like, not um, an an, an advocate, you know, it's a you versus you thing. But when it comes to this, there's an aspect of having to compare yourself that is hard. Mm -hmm. Having to compare yourself to other people that are going to hit the stage. Having to compare your body to what it should be, how it should look, what should be popping, where you should be at this week. It's it's a lot. And the first time I did it, I think it was like, you know, that beginner's, um, I don't want to say luck, but that beginner's uh, fuel that you have to just kind of fearless, you just go for it. Mm -hmm. Uh, This time around, it has taken me now, I've tried to hit the stage after 2014 was the last time I did it. And we're now 2018. And every year I've tried at least twice since then to do it. Wow. I didn't know that. Yeah. It, it, and yeah, I don't really say that out loud. So now I know you have an audience there. Yes, it's taken me that many times. And this time around, um, I have to do it. And it doesn't even matter what I look like just because um, I have to overcome the fear of not being enough. And right. I've done this already. Right. Not being good enough. Um, I have to overcome just sharing that I'm going to do a show and not doing it and losing faith in the process. I have to go through with it because it's, it's been mentally challenging. Uh, my body has changed. I'm going to be 40 years old in a few weeks. Mm-hmm. Hormones are different. My snapback is just not that quick. I've done a lot of um, not get quick fix things over the years, but just in my spiritual life, I'm not against fasting. 
but just know that um, fasting, if you want to do things, anything physical with your body fast, you have to do it right Mm -hmm. because fasting can um, slow down your metabolism a lot. And I have been an avid faster, fast and pray. And now I am, (laughs) I'm trying to reprogram my body from fasting. Right. So there's been a lot of uh, challenges this time around. I wake up in panic attacks. Yeah, I, I have been. Wow, Mac, you have me talking out loud. I didn't even tell you this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's what the show like, is all huh? about. <laughs> But that's what people need I, to hear about the real experiences of what people are going through, because a lot of women, especially, you know, we're in situations and we feel like we're the only one experiencing that. So you being truthful and sharing your, you know, your authentic, transparent journey, you don't you don't have any idea how many other women that that's going to help or inspire because they're probably suffering in in silence thinking is this just me? Is there something wrong with me? Yeah, no, I, I, I totally understand that. And I, it's true. But just hearing, I guess, sharing, because via social media, I'm super women. <laughs> you know, that, <laughs> Aren't that, we all? that two second, that two, the two second snapshot or the 15 second video tells that everybody everything. Yeah, it tells everybody everything that they need to know about you. But I'll tell you this, I have overcome depression. I have overcome a lot, but I have to keep overcoming it. That's right. That's right. I, when once once something is has been your thing, don't think that the devil gives up. Mm-hmm. And I have to keep overcoming it. I have to keep telling myself. So with this process, when you are restricting your calories and always in the gym and going hard, your flesh acts up like you would never believe and my sadness and like an anxiety feeling and all kinds of I'm not good enough and maybe I'm not spending time enough with my kids and maybe I'm being selfish as a wife and all these kind of things I'm battling as I'm as people are watching me going wow you look so great you're doing so well I'm crying I'm Mm. don't get me wrong like I, I have good periods and I'm I know that this is all for good mm-hmm. however the emotional the uh, the emotional pull of it, it can be a lot it's I, I can only imagine how how challenging um, it must be on you mentally emotionally physically and spiritually because not only are mm-hmm. you mm-hmm. <laughs> you know you're you're pulling yourself out of your comfort zone on many different levels right your yeah. any form of transformation um, it, it requires something out of you. And mm-hmm. in the process of training for a fitness competition, you are putting, um, you know, pressures on your body physically, which is affecting you mentally, which can affect you spiritually. You know, it's, it's, a pro- it's mm-hmm. I, I, I can see how that, you know, can be. And I've heard of many other women that have gone through the fitness competition process and they talk about, you know, how it affects your emotions and they become, you know, angry and snap at people because you're hungry and you're, you know, you're feeling all these different emotions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And then to top it off for me, I've been heavily involved in, um, in ministry and here I am and I want to do something that's kind of 
I don't, I don't want to say it's unheard of by ministry, but it's just not really a thing mm-hmm. to be doing a bikini competition and to be sharing your body in certain ways and, you know, all this kind of stuff. And here I am. I think it's you. I heard you say that you always uh, are doing things that, what did you say before? I can't remember what it was, but I, I totally agreed with you where it's like, I do the, I do things. You always do things that I guess are not status quo and people are like, what are you doing? You know, Mm -hmm. it's always above, beyond, different. And I just, for me, I, I believe that my body, yes, is my temple and yes, it's sacred. However, I, I don't see anything wrong with what I'm doing. Mm -hmm. And with, with that being said, I've kind of had to draw away um, from certain routines that I was doing before to accomplish this. With that being said, I feel the relational strain mm-hmm. um, with my brothers and sisters in Christ because maybe they feel I'm too fleshy. Okay. And that's been another as- that's been another aspect that I've had to deal with. So meanwhile, uh, I'm over here, same old G, loving the Lord, loving Jesus. But I just do, I'm just concentrating on this side because it is my business, number one. <laughs> and number two, it's, it's a passion and it's, it's, it's what I do. Um, yeah, it's, it's been different. It's been the, the, I guess, the reception that I get from some people, it's been different. So I, I think I recall um, the conversation you were talking about that we had where I said, you know, when you're striving for excellence, sometimes people who have become comfortable in mediocrity don't understand what you're doing. Was that what you're right. referring to? Uh, I think so. I think it was an ex- example. You were, Something that you were doing. I, you listen, I wish I remembered. So <laughs> but it's, it's just, it's basically... We have a similar way of doing things. I guess mm-hmm. that's why we click. Whereas nobody understands what truly is going on in our heart, but we tend to be judged by uh, outward outward things way yes. more than people remembering our hearts because we do share it. But for yeah. some reason, people always never want to remember our hearts. They just want to remember our actions. Yes. And yes. Not even our act- I, I wouldn't even say actions. They just want to remember or just judge us by what's outwardly going on around us. Uh, and people's perception of a situation, um, how they view things, is always based on on their understanding. And not everyone will understand what you're trying to do because they don't have the perspective, they don't have the experience, they don't have the knowledge, and maybe God didn't give them that wisdom, that that vision. So it's mm-hmm. you know it's it's yours. So I can understand where you say that, you know, relationally it has caused an issue because I find that the more that I strive to take things up to another level, there may be people that don't understand. They could be mm-hmm. great people, um, but they don't understand me. So we can no longer relate. Um, so you find yourself with less um, of those, you know, relational um, connections that you had before, but I, I find that the more, you know, you more, the more that you step your game up, the relationships of quality become more important than the quantity. And it's okay to 
let go of certain uh, connections or environments or certain things um, because it's either you're staying back there with it or you're, you know, in that struggle of trying to pull them forward with you. So sometimes you just need to go ahead and do what it is that God told you to do. And at Mm -hmm. some point they will see it. And if they don't, then they weren't meant to. Agreed. I agree with that. I totally agree with that. And this is why I brought it up because as you said, somebody out there is listening and I know I can't be the only person that feels this sometimes where you're doing something that's not like everybody else and you've been a part of a certain group for a long time and all of a sudden everybody's like, oh, well, what are you on all of a sudden? Look at you, you know? Yeah. Uh, You got to kind of develop that thick skin and keep it moving. So (laughs) I I guess, you know, that's a a great tip because I was just going to say, what advice would you give to someone who's ready for a transformation, but they're not sure where to start? Uh, the advice that I would give for, okay, first of all, to really know what you want, because transformation starts to disrupt your environment. Of course. So you got to have the passion and you have to have the vision. Once you have the vision and you have the passion, everything else you can get through. Mm Mm-hmm. Don't be transforming because you think it looks cool or somebody else is doing it. It has to be a desire. So my advice to you is make sure that you're passionate about it first. Um, I I think those are are both great um, tips because, you know, in mindset coaching where I'm, I'm telling people the first thing first is we need to determine what your goal is. What is mm-hmm. the end result that you're looking to get? Because if, you know, it's like when you're taking a trip and you punch in the address into the GPS, no matter what's going to happen along the way, you, you know where you're trying to get to. You know, whatever detours right. come your way, you know, it takes you onto a toll highway or what have you, a road's closed, but you know There's exactly where it is. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. And then the other thing where you talk yeah. about, you know, the passion is where I tell people if, if your goal isn't coming from inside, then what's igniting you from, from going after that? Like it, it has to, everything starts on the inside of you, right? You know, you you can't allow, if it's outwardly, yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't allow what's on the outside to deter you. That's right. Yeah. Cause I was going to say, if it's outwardly, it it won't sustain you. It will not, it will will fail you. You will be drained. You will be, you won't get over the the rough patches because everything has rough patches. Yep. When things get tough, you'll quit. Yeah. Yeah. So that would be my advice. Like that's foundational. Everything other than that, like I can't, because everybody's journey is different, right? Mm -hmm. So, but everybody's foundation needs to start from passion and vision. It just does. I agree. I totally agree. So before we move on to the final segment, I want you to tell people where they can find you online. Okay. So you can find me on Instagram at angelfit and healthy and it's just as um as i say it angel fit a and d healthy and you can find me on twitter and that one didn't have enough space for all of it so it's angel fit healthy no end (laughs) um you can find you can find me on facebook angel fit and healthy pretty much across the board my youtube channel again angel fit and healthy 
and you can email me at body at angel fit and healthy yeah Perfect, oh, and my perfect. website, www.angelfitandhealthy.com. <laughs> perfect, perfect. <Yeah. laughs> so, um, like I said, you've known me since the seventh grade, and, you know, we lost touch for a bit, but then we reconnected. So you are well familiar and know that I'm obsessed with stilettos. Um, and because you know me so closely, you know that, you know, stilettos has – more than just a superficial meaning to me you know it's about walking in faith and walking purposefully and gracefully and you know how it elevates and how it makes you feel um Mm -hmm. but i was reading a uh, article so i've been bringing this up to all the women who have been on the show where it explains um it basically says that your favorite type of shoe says a lot about your personality so mm. whether it's a flip-flop, whether it's, you know, clogs, pumps, wedges, mules, you know, boots, running shoes, what have you, your favorite type of shoe says a lot about your personality. So, Angel mm. Dean, what is your favorite type of shoe? If I had to pick any shoe, I'm going to be really honest with you. I love me some trainers. I do. Mm. I love sneakers. Okay. I love sneakers. Yeah. Low so, cut, not high tops, nice and neat. Um, that's why Nike really appeals to me. So like Air Max. Um, I love sneakers. Okay. So would you say more sneakers or a running shoe? Mm, I, I classify them both the same. So. <laughs> okay. So um, sneaker lovers. Sneakers. Okay, sneaker lovers, they say um, that you guys get along with people. Um, really? You're, okay. you're... <laughs> <laughs> um, and for um, running shoes, they say that you're goal-oriented. Mm. Wow. Interesting. Interesting. Very okay. interesting. Okay. Because I have to be working towards the goal to do anything. And I actually, I do get along with people. How long we remain in the same room together, that's <laughs> but I get along with people. I <laughs> You're hilarious. <laughs> okay, so for, for the final segment, um, it's called a walk in her stilettos. So for you, I'll call them a walk in her running shoes, uh, where you share just general inspiration from your walk. So, you know, ask a couple of general questions and you answer the first thing that comes to mind to help you um, to inspire others. So I'm going to start with uh, what failure has taught you the most about life? To think before you do anything. And when I say that, I mean the end consequences of what's going to happen. So you're saying in the past, you didn't think about the end consequences and you've learned from that. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. 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 Um, What new belief, behavior, or habit has improved your life in the last five years? Um, I would have to say... working on personal development every day. 
Awesome. Whether it be reading, writing, prayer, meditation, something building up my inner man has to be done every day. I, I think that's amazing that you say that because many people, we spend so much time feeding our bodies. Um, but how much time are we spending feeding our minds and our souls? Like, you know, if, if we truly want to be balanced people, then, you know, we should be looking at all of those areas. Um, so that's a great one. Thank you. Uh, final question. When you feel overwhelmed, unfocused and uninspired, what do you do? Besides take a nap, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'll be honest, I do, um, I like to do mindless uh, YouTube or Netflix watching. I do. Like, just something to make me laugh. I love to laugh. Mm-hmm. Once I have my laughter, I have it all. Don't lose your laughter. That That's, you know, part of what I love about our friendship is no matter if I show up at your door in tears, I leave laughing. Like no matter, you know, if we call each other upset about what's happened in the day, we end up laughing. We definitely love to laugh. There's no doubt about it. So I love yeah. that. I love that. <laughs> yeah, that's very true. I do laugh a lot. I have to. Like if you have you to. your laughter, man, I don't know what you're gonna do. You've gotta laugh. You yeah, have I'm, to laugh. Uh, it's I agree funny. With you. Like think about every situation you go through. There's a part of it that's funny because, like, who does that or who goes through that? Right? <laughs> it's it's <laughs> funny you say that. So, uh, my mentor Bob Proctor he says that um, if you're not enjoying it, if you're not having a good time, you're doing it wrong. <laughs> like, <laughs> I have the words "laugh" um, in bright, bold letters on my vision board. Yeah, yeah, laughter is. I just tweeted that the other day. I'm like, if you can make me laugh, you have my heart. Like, you just do. Oh, well, like, that, that's how Jeff laugh. caught me. He makes me laugh 24 <laughs> seven. There you go. Same with mine. I mean, they have their ways, but a man that can make me laugh. Oh, yeah. come on. Yeah, that is that's that. <laughs> I agree. I agree. <laughs> oh, wow. Angel, I want to thank you for taking the time to join us and sharing your wisdom, you know, your transformational weight loss and overcoming depression and all of the amazing other tools that you're using to help you transform yourself and others. And um, I, I just want to say that your transparency, um, I know, is going to help a lot of other women to step up and to make that decision to transform their lives. So I just want to thank you. Thank you. This has been amazing. And congratulations on your podcast. Thank you. And I mean, you had me on yours. So you guys have to go out and listen to Angel's <laughs> podcast to help the oh, conversation. Yeah. With Angel That's another thing. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, I didn't want to plug on her podcast but well, yeah, I got no. you girl I got you there is no competition it is all love <laughs> yes I'm so happy I'm so thankful like to have a sister that is moving and and just kicking down doors and and doing things I thank God for your life every day because thank it's, you, you know, Mac thank you so much for I told you the other day just thank you for just moving doing and and not looking back, just go, you know, I got you. You, you had me teary eyed with that text message you sent me the other day. So guys, okay, this is, this is why you need sisterhood. So out of the blue, she just sent me a text message, just thanking me for being 
who I am, thanking me for moving forward, thanking me for pushing through my adversity, thanking me for, you know, just all these things that sometimes you don't even realize you're doing, but it's nice Mm. for someone to just acknowledge and encourage you to keep going. So, uh, you know, I'm, like you said, I thank God for your life uh, every day and I appreciate you and I'm just grateful for our friendship. Thank you. Thank you. So to all of my listeners out there, until next time, download the Awaka My Stiletto app, subscribe to our newsletter at awakamystilettos.com. And we want to we hear like, your reviews. Write us a review. Share it with a friend if you think the angel story will inspire them to continue in their transformational journey and continue to walk in greatness in your stilettos in a manner worthy of your calling.